We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. Welcome to Weird Distractions Podcast, a weekly show where I, your host Alex, rotate in discussing true crime cases, paranormal hotspots, conspiracy theories, folklore, urban legends, a little bit of this and a little bit of that to provide you, and more than likely, what your local snake milker would consider a weird distraction from everyday life. This week, I'm talking about a pretty iconic folklore, urban legend, paranormal hotspot slash there's a little bit of true crime in there. Uh, a little little bit of everything in this episode this week. So before we dive into this week's weird distraction, I do need to go over a little bit of housekeeping. And of course, I need to tell you what I need a distraction from. In terms of housekeeping, just a reminder that over on the Patreon feed, there is a new episode for the Even Weirder series. This month, I'm discussing the disappearance of Mary Agnes Maroney, who has been missing from Chicago, Illinois, since 1930. For as little as $2 USD a month, you can hear more about this case and other bonus episodes over at www.patreon.com slash weirddistractionspodcast. And for $5 USD a month, you can hear this month's Weird Spam episode featuring former co-host Christy. Weird Spam is a monthly series where myself and a guest read the weird emails we get in our spam or junk mailboxes. I believe that is it for housekeeping this week. If I forget anything, I will just mention it in episode 155. Now my need for a distraction. So I think I mentioned it in this month's Patreon episode, but Easter is coming, which means it's officially Cadbury cream egg season. I am obsessed with them. They're my like hands down favorite chocolate. So I was perusing online, just, you know, trying to catch up on news and, you know, probably be maybe more informed as to what's going on in the world and not avoiding it. I came across this article that is all about my beloved cream eggs and it is from the NPR website. It was written by Ayana Archie and the title reads, English police say they foiled an extravagant plot to steal Cadbury chocolates. Apparently, this British police department had arrested a man who was allegedly trying to steal a semi-truck that contained 200,000 Cadbury cream eggs. The man, who has been identified as 32-year-old Joby Poole, was stopped on the highway in Telford, a town in central England. Shortly after he had stolen the truck, Poole allegedly used a metal grinder to break through a gate and get into the truck. And apparently with all the chocolate he had, it was about 40,000 pounds worth or um, about roughly 48,000 dollars USD. I need instruction from the fact that there are people out there that are trying to ruin Cadbury cream egg season for the rest of us. How dare you? I don't ask for much in this life. I just ask for my chocolate to not be fucked with or stolen. That's all. And with that being said, let's get into this week's episode. For the last episode of the month of March, I decided I wanted to tackle an iconic weird tale out of the state of Texas within the United States. This weird tale has been told many times by many different people, but it hasn't been retold by yours truly as of yet. Whatever rendition of the tale floats your goat, 
Get ready to hear me tackle Goatman's Bridge, aka the Old Alton Bridge. I'll be discussing the history of this lore, the reported paranormal accounts, some of the folks who have investigated the bridge, and because this is a location-specific episode, I will get into some occult observations. At the very end, before I sign off, I will be discussing a mysterious death that took place on the bridge. Due to potential coarse language, mentions of racist violent acts and lynching, and other adult themes that some may find disturbing, listener discretion is advised. The old Alton Bridge, known to us weirdos and curious cats as Goatman's Bridge, is an iron truss bridge that connects the Texas cities of Denton and Copper Canyon. For geographic reference, it's about 3 hours and 20-ish minutes north from the state's capital of Austin. The bridge was built in 1884 by the King Iron Bridge Manufacturing Company, which is a bridge building company based out of Cleveland, Ohio. Based off what I gathered online, the name of the bridge gets its name from the abandoned community of Alton. Before the arrival of settlers, various Native American peoples, including the Kichai and the Lenape, reportedly populated the area. Now, when it comes to Alton, it seems like the community went from this thriving, small town, you know, starting to bustle a little bit, but then it kind of just died off as other towns within Denton County would be picked for the county seat. So basically, my understanding is Alton kind of was on its way or eventually at one point was a county seat, but then it kind of lost out to the other towns that kind of were built around the area. By May of 1859, Alton's post office doors had closed forever, symbolizing the end of Alton's era. Well, maybe the town's era, as our infamous bridge would be built 25 years later. The 145-foot-long bridge would serve area travelers as they originally crossed using horses and buggies to eventually accommodating the the turn-of-the-century automobiles. That is, until 2001, when the old Alton Bridge was replaced with a concrete and steel bridge and a new road, which straightened out a considerably sharp curve, which most folks were used to, or kind of used to, I guess, when using the old Alton Bridge. According to Legends of America website, before the new concrete bridge was built, motors were supposedly required to honk their horns at one on the one lane bridge being the old Alton Bridge to let other travelers know that they were coming. So that's pretty dangerous in my opinion. Those kind of bridges always freak me out. I don't know about you, but it's definitely a little too anxiety ridden for my my taste. So now the old Alton Bridge is now for pedestrians only who want to cross over the historic structure. Crossing on over now to the lore of this bridge, aka the weird tinge that kind of brings us together here. According to the 50 years after the bridge was constructed, being around 1934, a man named Oscar Washburn reportedly moved nearby the bridge with his family. Oscar, a described black man, earned a living by raising goats. Due to his job, Oscar was reportedly referred to by locals as the Goat Man. Oscar's goats seemed to bring in quite the income, and so one day he reportedly decided to put up a sign to continue to bring in the bucks to his home with his goats. A sign that read, This way to the goat man was reportedly placed on the old Alton Bridge, which to you and me probably doesn't seem like a big deal. Like, it's a sign. It's not hurting anybody. It's not physically ruining anyone's day. 
But to local Ku Klux Klan members, aka the KKK, it was a big old problem because God forbid if a sign is put on a bridge by somebody that doesn't look like Casper. Can you imagine being so bored and uninterested in your life that you get in your feelings about a man posting a sign for his goat business? The KKK members became so escalated, they went out to see Oscar uninvited on a dark night in August of 1938. Before I proceed, I'm just going to give a little bit of trigger warning because things are gonna get a little bit violent here and I will be discussing alleged lynching. On that fateful August 1938 night, these spiteful men allegedly crossed over the old Alton Bridge with their headlights off and proceeded to enter Oscar's home kidnap him from his family before taking him back to the bridge. Once they were at the bridge, they allegedly put a noose around his neck and pushed him off. Basically, their plan was to strangle him, like hang him to death, lynch him. Now, according to the story, when the KKK members looked over the bridge to confirm Oscar was dead, they noticed that they could only see the rope. Oscar's body had seemingly vanished. Unsatisfied with their already hateful crimes, the KKK went back to Oscar's home and murdered his family in an act of pure hate. Now, there's something peculiar in the story, and let's, let's backtrack a little bit. What happened to Oscar's body? No one really seems to know. I try to search deeper online, but seemingly Oscar's life really isn't documented outside of this lore. Because of this, many folks have questioned the actuality of this story. Despite Oscar's tale maybe not necessarily being real, I will say in my research I did come across a lot of resources that hinted that the old Alton Bridge may have had ties with the KKK and the lynching of Black Americans. So I think there is still kind of a history there. I know in a Kira News article, one lifelong Denton resident named Zarin Boone noted that there had always kind of been rumors or talk of lynchings happening by KKK members at the bridge. With that said, Oscar, whether he was real or not, he probably wasn't the first person Person ever lynched or alleged to be lynched at the old Alton Bridge. From the website We Denton Do It, there are accounts that in the 1860s, a Creole slave goat herder named Jack Kendall was lynched from a tree that once stood where the bridge now is. However, based on that article, Jack Kendall may actually also be a bit of a folklore legend too. It's really not clear to me. Some resources say, yep, for sure these people are real, this actually happened, whereas others are like, no. And for me to try and find them on Find a Grave, it basically came to nothing. Like, I, I couldn't find anything concrete. So nonetheless, seemingly after Oscar and his family's alleged murders took place, this is kind of when weird occurrences started being reported happening around the bridge. So these weird occurrences seem to kind of be connected to Oscar fairly quickly, not only due to the horrific, traumatic, and downright awful thing that happened to him, allegedly, but also because people reportedly began seeing a half-man, half-goat entity around this bridge. The Legends of America website noted that people began supposedly witnessing a, quote, ghostly man herding goats over the bridge, 
while others say they have seen an apparition of a man staring at them while holding a goat head under each arm, end quote. The apparition of the alleged goat man is known to possess glowing yet empty eyes and goat-like horns. There have been other weird reports, including people hearing sounds of strange noises, such as what sounds to be like horses' hooves, you know, kind of beating on the bridge, as well as kind of like random splashing in the creek below that isn't you know, caused by anything. There's no reason for it to happen. I mean, realistically, maybe it's a fish or something, but in the moment, they have no idea what's causing it, as well as hearing random laughter and what sounds to be like an inhuman growling coming from the surrounding woods. Other eerie reports that have allegedly occurred near the bridge include people seeing mysterious lights in the area, car doors locking and unlocking on their own, and cars randomly breaking down for no known reason, specifically on the bridge. People have claimed to have heard a voice of someone saying to get off the bridge, and another layer of this weird tale is that some believe that there is more than one spirit kind of hanging around near the bridge. Which I feel like makes sense because why only have one spirit? You know, like if you have one, you might as well have more than one, right? I feel like it's kind of similar to like pets. If you have one cat, you might as well get four. Like it just, it makes sense to me. And direct quote from the Legends of America website, though, to kind of expand on this. Quote, other reports tell of a woman's spirit who wanders the area, allegedly searching for her lost baby. Maybe that is the spirit of La Llorona, who is known as haunting the rivers of the Southwest, end quote. Many also believe that a demon is behind the weird phenomena taking place around the bridge, as there is some belief that bridges can act as a gateway to an unknown realm. However, that could just be simply part of the lore. Regardless of who's wandering around the bridge, both human and spiritual being alike. There are supposedly some different ways to try and summon up some weird encounters at the bridge, which I should say, little PSA, I'm not recommending you bring up some demons or spirits. I don't condone that per se. I'm just telling you what I'm finding online so that you are more aware and better educated. Some renditions of the tale state that to summon something weird and spooky at the bridge, you have to knock three times on the trusses of the bridge. This apparently lets the half-man, half-ghost entity, being the goat man, know that you're there and ready to be scared. And on Halloween, if you drive up to the bridge and honk your car horn twice, you can see Goatman's glowing eyes. Which I feel like if you're driving around in Texas at night, you're going to see more than likely a couple of different glowing eyes because, you know, all of the animals that Texas has. But that's also just my thinking. I should also mention that many think the bridge was or is a hotspot for cult activity to take place, hence the demon connection. I came across a couple of resources noting that some people heavily believe that satanic cults did weird sacrificial rituals on and around the bridge. Maybe they summoned something they shouldn't have. Obviously, we don't know if that's necessarily true or not. I do have a little bit of a hunch that it's just another product of satanic panic, but what do I know? Anyways, there have been many thrill and truth seekers who have gone to the old Alton Bridge, aka Goatman's Bridge, to try and get to the bottom of the mystery. Before I chat about some of these folks who have gone to investigate the bridge and what happened there, let's get into some occult observations. For new listeners to the show, hi, hope you're enjoying this weird ride that I'm taking you on. Occult Observations is a little ongoing segment where I read the good, the bad, and the downright weird online reviews of the locations discussed on the show. 
The segment name comes from the lovely Lindsay from the Ye Old Crime podcast. If you're not listening to Ye Old Crime, you definitely should be. I typically start this segment off with two negative reviews followed by two positive reviews each. So with that, let's get into some of the negative Nancy reviews. The first review is from user Playgirl Mars PSN from about a month ago. They gave one out of five stars, and the review reads, I haven't been, but Goatman is a Maryland thing, not Texas. End of review. I didn't know that Goatman is in more than one location. Like, when I think of Goatman, I think of Texas. I think of Old Alton Bridge. I don't think of Maryland, so... I don't know, maybe I should explore that that route for a future episode. The next negative review is from user Caddy Toll. They posted this eight months ago. They gave one out of five stars, and the review reads, I saw a goat man, so I ran out of there and went to my car, drove. I hope you capture that goat man. It's a goat, also a man. End of review. <laughs> Just chef's kiss all around. Let's get into the positive reviews. The first one is from user Omega. They post this back in 2021. They gave five out of five stars because they clearly love the Goatman's Bridge. And their review reads, It's a beautiful place, but you have to be careful. There are wild boar, bobcats, and all kinds of venomous snakes and spiders, as well as poisonous plants and mushrooms. If it is haunted, and I believe it is, then bring some kind of protection. Bring a knife or a gun if you're going at night because, again, boar and bobcats. Edit. Do not fall in the water. The surface looks calm but there are level five rapids underneath. You will probably die if you fall in. End of review. Which if that's the case, if there are rapids, then if, hypothetically speaking, if Oscar's story and life is true and it's real, maybe that's what happened. Maybe he fell from the rope and fell into the rapids. I, who knows? Now I feel like I'm just spitballing here but nonetheless thank you omega for your review and for your validation that there are definitely some wild ass animals around which probably also speaks to the glowing lights that people might see honestly you all know me by this point if you've been listening from the get-go you know i do believe in the paranormal however when it comes to like seeing glowing eyes in a outdoor setting, I'm going to go straight to it's probably an animal. This review validates that thought. The last positive review I'm going to read is from user Nick Hatley. They post this back in 2019. They gave five out of five stars and the review reads, you need to be very careful coming to this bridge. Not only is it very haunted, but the wilderness around can be very dangerous as well. Numerous sacrifices have been made on the bridge. Attempts to reach the spirits and demons with Ouija boards have been made. Not only do you have the goat man to worry about, but other restless spirits as well. We have EVP documentation of growls, blood curdling screams, and voices. My brother ended up with three scratch marks down his back when he knocked twice on the bridge. Demons are very real and you don't need to mess with them just warning you now this place is evil end of review i think if you're going to take away anything from these occult observations it's that don't go at night by yourself there are wild animals and don't fuck with demons point blank period now, speaking of other weird things that you can find online, I'm going to play a promo for the podcast called Go Ask Alice before I dive into some of the paranormal reports. You can find this show wherever you find weird distractions. Stay tuned to hear more. Go Ask Alice is a show intended for adult audiences. Holy shit. <laughs> it's a Stop! Yeah. She's disgusting. She's... <laughs> 
because adults want to learn too. The Hoochie Coochie. The Power of Silence. Noodling. The I Ended Up on Fan Fiction. We jump down random internet rabbit holes and bring you the most wonderful factoids from our adventures in Wiki Wonderland. <laughs> you asked me for a banger, you got a banger. It is going to be so good. You guys are going to love this story. Listen now, anywhere you get your podcasts. As mentioned, many folks have gone to explore Goatman's Bridge to investigate the weird claims that have come out of there over the decades. The Ghost Adventures gang went to the Goatman's Bridge for their Route 666 special, which was a wild episode. I won't get into like the nitty gritty details, but I will explain a bit of what took place as I have another investigation that I do want to chat about today. In the Ghost Adventures special, they bring up what's called the Pentagram of Blood. It's alleged that if you look at North America on a map and add together all the places that have suffered from mass casualties, natural disasters, or just other like dark events in history, it basically makes out a pentagram, which Old Alton Bridge, aka Goatman's Bridge, falls within this alleged pentagram. While investigating the bridge, the crew experiences the following. One crew member, Ashley, reportedly becomes majorly affected by whatever is there as she reports that she is just very emotional and angry. And you do see that in the episode. Like she at one point was talking to Zach in one of their RVs and he's like, do you want to basically get violent with me? And she's like, yeah, I don't think she's the first person that's ever said that to him. But in that setting, it was seen as it was very odd of her to say that to him or to say that to anyone, really. Apparently, it is a common phenomenon that happens there, though, is that people will go there and they'll all of a sudden have like a wave of emotions. They'll become very violent, even though they don't have a violent history. It's very weird. This isn't the first place that I've covered that has this effect on people and I doubt it's going to be the last. Ashley was also hit in the head with an unseen force while exploring the forest near the bridge by herself before capturing what seems to be a random set of glowing eyes close to the ground. The crew also captured glowing eyes for a second time. They captured random gunshot sounds, growls, humming, and throughout the episode the Ghost Adventures crew and others that had investigated previously had captured EVPs of someone's saying their name was Steve. Now, the Ghost Adventures crew did something, once again, I would not recommend, and that is they did a summoning ritual, which they believe amped up the paranormal phenomena. After they did this ritual, the gang kind of seemed to be very emotionally affected, with Aaron reporting that he felt disoriented and as if he was thrown by an unseen force. Zach reported that every time Aaron became quote-unquote affected, he would become affected. Which, you know, the bromance is strong when one bro feels affected, the other bro's gotta even be more affected. At one point, Aaron dropped down to the ground and Zach began choking himself claiming he couldn't control his arms or hands. So what I mean in saying that Aaron dropped down to the ground, like he was on his knees on the ground. He just appeared weak. He didn't appear like himself. And as that's happening, Zach's literally just choking himself on camera. And Zach then proceeded to attack Jay, which at this point seems kind of par for the course when it comes to Ghost Avengers. I feel like one of them is always attacking one another in like these demonic areas. And that could be for whatever reason, but 
That's kind of what happened in a nutshell of the Ghost Adventures episode. The next investigation I wanted to chat about today was done by everyone's favorite ghoul boys, being Shane Madey and Ryan Bugara from BuzzFeed Unsolved, which I will say I do love their new YouTube channel, Watcher. I would highly recommend subscribing to them. They do Ghost Adventure kind of stuff still on that channel, and they're just putting out some really, really fun stuff to kind of binge watch on a Saturday afternoon, which is when I usually watch. Now, during their investigation, the ghoul boys encounter the following. Shane declares the bridge is his. Like, he just comes off, he's like, fuck you, goat man, the bridge is mine. Um, which is more amazing than spooky, if you ask me. While using a spirit box, they did get some intelligible responses. One voice claiming to be the goat man, while another voice said bridge, and then randomly all they heard was Steve. So that was kind of interesting. Neither investigation really was able to figure out who Steve was or why that EVP keeps getting caught, so I'm not really sure if anyone knows Goatman's Bridge or the old Alton Bridge really, really well and knows the connection to Steve, let me know. I couldn't find it online. I could probably go on about other crews that went on the bridge, but I think we would be here all day and Although I would love to occupy your ears all day, I think it's time to kind of wrap up this week's episode, and I do want to bring up kind of a mysterious death case that I stumbled upon in my research. Even though the Goatman's Bridge, aka Old Alton Bridge, is typically considered kind of like a paranormal slash folklore topic, I do want to circle back to a theme I brought up in the history portion of today's Weird Distraction. That theme is racism, and in doing my own research, I picked up on this theme that seemed to kind of just pop up repeatedly. This discussion around racism and the old Alton Bridge really seemed to kind of stem from the fact that there is this history of potential lynchings and KKK involvement in this area, and it also kind of led me to this mysterious death case that I had not heard of until I was doing my research for today's episode. That mysterious death case is of a local Denton boy, Lermont Stowers Jones. Lermont was only 17 years old in 2018 when his body was found near the old Alton Bridge. Although officials have since labeled Lermont's death being caused by accidental drowning, many suspect foul play actually took place. Lermont was a Black American boy. From what I gathered, there are documented concerns from family, friends, and community members regarding how investigators handle Lermont's case, more than likely because he was a Black American. And many have kind of put a call out to action to kind of have another look at the case. So basically kind of revisit, relook at it with a fresh, unbiased, definitely not racist lens to see what actually happened. From what I gathered, it kind of seemed like the original investigation seemed rushed. It was very much like, oh, it was a drowning. It was an accident. When in reality, there are definitely some things that just don't really add up, which have then led many to think, okay, wait a minute, this seems more like foul play, especially considering that there were some events that led up before Lermont's death, where he received racial harassment and threats in person at school like every day until November 16th of 2018. And because of the history of potential lynchings and KKK involvement in the area, many have kind of tied in, as mentioned, the theme of racism with this location. With that being said, people are wondering if perhaps whoever allegedly killed Lermont if they picked 
Goatman's Bridge, aka Old Alton Bridge, as kind of the place to do it or the place to leave Lermont's Bonnie due to the history of racism associated with the bridge. In other words, were they using the bridge as a kind of message to Lermont's family and his loved ones? Which, if they did do that, that's some kind of fucked up. I'm just going to say it. That's a whole layer of absolute vengefulness. But it's vengefulness that, unfortunately, we have all heard happen to other people in other areas. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. Even though the bridge does have a reported haunted history associated with it, I wanted to still bring up Lermont's death in order to kind of highlight it and hopefully bring some awareness to it. Because as mentioned, I hadn't heard of it until I started doing research on what I thought was just a paranormal folklore case. And I mean, I've, I listened to a lot of podcasts and I remember first hearing about Goatman's Bridge via podcast. And I mean, maybe it was just because he hadn't passed it or what have you, but I haven't heard this. I haven't heard about this death. I haven't heard about Lermont. So I just wanted to kind of highlight and give a little bit of shine on his case. The Goatman's Bridge lore may be one of those folklore paranormal tales that actually has many more layers than what we actually think. With each layer, we see instances of real-life trauma and fear that seeps into our consciousness, perhaps implanting that uncertainty and curiosity as to what actually happened there. I will be putting information regarding Lermont's death in today's show notes, and I encourage folks tuning in to look into the case. For those who are new to the series, if you hit the Google Doc link, it will take you to all my resources for many of my episodes. Feel free to send me any information about Lermont as well, and if there is anything further I can highlight on my platform, please definitely let me know. Let me know your thoughts on today's episode over on the podcast social media accounts, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, or shoot me an email. If you've enjoyed today's Weird Distractions episode, please consider telling your friends, family, coworkers, or anyone else who will listen about the show. You can tell them to find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods, Google Podcasts, Podchaser, and many more. If you're streaming Weird Distractions or any podcast on a podcast platform that allows you to leave a rating or review, please consider leaving a rating or review because that is the best way and the cheapest way, because it's free, to support your favorite podcasts. Another way to support the show for free and to never miss an episode is to follow along on the show's various social media accounts. You can find Weird Distractions over on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. My handle is at WeirdDistractI1 and on TikTok. Do you want to financially support the show and get yourself a little something extra each month? Why not join one of two tiers over on the Weird Distractions Patreon? Each month you get exclusive content, such as bonus episodes and bonus series, such as the Even Weirder series, the Weird Destinations travel posts, plus early and ad-free access to regular feed episodes. You can find out which tier is best suited for you by going to www.patreon.com slash weirddistractionspodcast. Shout out to my current patrons, aka my weird little family members, Tom, Bailey, Angela, John, Alicia, Lynn, Susan, Jennifer, Shadow, Courtney, and Cheryl. I love you and appreciate your support so much. Without you, Weird Distractions may not be what it is today. Lastly, I want to hear from you. I would love to collect your stories of paranormal encounters, too close to home true crime cases, maybe even some weird MLM 
experiences or maybe just in general weird things that you've encountered so that I can continue to release the Listener Distraction series. And you might be tuning in for the first time and you might not know what I'm talking about. This is a series that Christy and I originally started where we would read your personal experiences on air. If you have a story you want to share, please email me at weirddistractionspodcast at outlook.com. As well, send me feedback. If there are any corrections needed to be made after today's episode, please let me know. And as always, if you need a distraction, I got you. Bye. Bye.